I'm Peter Klein. And this is We Had No Idea. Episode 27. We come to you from Mokinsis, and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutsina Nations, the Iahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes on the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. The sources for the show today, history.com, npr.com, statsista. Dot Statista. Statista. Um, although Statista would have been a lot lot better. <laughs> uh, but yes, Stat... Why am I having so much Statista? trouble? Statista? Statista. Statista.com. <laughs> uh, Britannica and Biography.com. Oh my goodness. Uh, this episode is going to be coming out on September 29th. Uh-huh. September 30th is a new holiday in Canada. It is the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Uh, so it's the first time we're going to recognize uh, as a country. <laughs> this isn't the first time. Lots of people are going to recognize uh, that there is truth and reconciliation that needs to happen. But anyways, uh, now it's a um, stat holiday. So uh, on that day, I encourage, we encourage, I'll speak for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, we encourage uh, you to support uh, Indigenous-led anything and everything you can um definitely go um do some of that sweet sweet research uh into some of the things that indigenous people have uh endured in canada and as well uh have a look at the the calls of action for the truth and reconciliation um it's a it's honestly like a very quick manageable list to read uh (laughs) (laughs) for all the things that uh, indigenous people could demand uh it's all super reasonable, and I don't see why we are not doing it. Uh, but have a read through those, and uh, yeah, just have a think on. I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm gonna kind of treat it like Remembrance Day, but mm, that's a fair way of looking at yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's good. And yeah, if if you are new to our show, we do have two episodes on this very topic. So oh, look at that not plug. Thank not you, to babe. use this. Um, holiday that's super not about us and turn it into something about us. Um, but yes, we have two episodes on this subject. So if you want to learn a little bit more uh, about um, everything that went down and the reason why this is absolutely necessary, yeah. then there's, uh, I would say, quite a bit of information there. Yeah. Um, so thank you for downloading. Thank you for coming back week after week. Mm-hmm. Super appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan. Big fan. Uh, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Please. Please. And thank you. Uh, you can email us. We had no idea podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also hit us up on Instagram at we had no idea podcast. IG, baby. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about this week, Peter? Uh, we are talking about female leaders of history. Ooh. Uh, it turns out actually, so a couple of the ones that um, uh, that we have selected here were not leaders by definition, like not uh, leaders of countries or le- not, know, politicians. Not, not elected officials. Yeah. Some of them were just leaders as in the general. Yes. Not a general. But no, no, general. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, and <laughs> as not, soon as I said it, I was like, "General leader." Not, not the Shaquille O'Neal-backed insurance company, the General. Um, no, they are like just in general leaders of people, like leaders of society. Yeah, yeah. Let's dive right in. Yeah. Uh, so our first uh, iconic female mm-hmm. uh, is Claudette Colvin. 
So only a few months before Rosa Parks, who I'm certain you've heard of, a uh, 15-year-old girl, uh, Claudette, refused to give up her seat on the Montgomery-Atlanta transit system, which is the same one that uh, Rosa Parks also refused to give up her seat on. Uh, She was told to move for a uh, white woman, and she refused. The bus driver got involved, and when she replied to their orders to get her to move, um, she just kept saying, I paid my fare. I have every right to sit here uh, in this seat. It's my constitutional right. And this 15-year-old girl was then arrested by two police officers. And, Which I'm sure was totally necessary. Uh, was yeah, definitely a hundred percent necessary. Uh, yeah, a you definitely need year old multiple child. officers in there. Totally. Um, she was taken to the adult jail, uh, not the juvenile detention hall. Uh, she said, uh, in uh, I believe that she had a it was either a book or a memoir or something that was written uh, about her. She said that on the ride over to the jailhouse and while she was being led through, um to the back of the jailhouse to her cell officers were calling her thing and whore and racial slurs well that's awful yeah and also when you when you're describing like things that you have been called and you get specific with two and then you just clump a bunch into one thing that means all of those are really bad so to recap whore was the one that we could say yeah um yeah that's absolutely appalling it's just child yeah just 15 years old uh she does get bailed out of jail that same night by a reverend in her community. Uh, and along with the reverend and her mom, they drive back to their neighborhood uh, and they're greeted by classmates of hers that had been on the bus and had watched her get arrested and then like went and like told her mom <laughs> like hmm. she wasn't given a phone call. She wasn't given anything. Wow. Um. So people that like other kids that saw her get arrested were like, uh, Mrs. Colvin, <laughs> your daughter's in jail. Um. So Claudette remembers feeling proud because she had stood up to a collective three white men, the bus driver and the two police officers, uh, these people in positions of authority after a long day. Uh, and it turns out that in school that day, they um, she had actually been learning about um, some of the Jim Crow laws that they were facing and like her and her classmates were expressing some of the frustration that they felt because they were living in these laws. Um, so she kind of was like ignited at school and then was like, I don't want to give up my seat. I, I paid. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I move? <laughs> uh, so social justice leaders at the time did find inspiration in what she did on the bus that day, but ultimately chose Rosa Parks as the face of their cause because she kind of, well, she was, I mean, the first point I have here is that she has a natural gravitas and that she was like a well-respected member of the community and she was like a secretary for the um and AACP uh but um it's because she wasn't a literal child right yeah that that's a lot of pressure to put on a 15 year old yeah and so Rosa was kind of chosen as the face of um the movement just because she was like an adult and she had good standing in the community and she did have like a presence to her um it was brought up this information was from an NPR article um that if you look into changes to laws and like the faces of overthrowing oppressive rules like this, um, the real people putting in the work are young people and then more adult type people are made the faces because they're harder to dismiss. Right. I mean, you hear it all the time. It's like the youth is going to run the world. They're like, they're mm-hmm. going to save us. They are the future. They always were. <laughs> that, here's the thing. Yeah. Um, so I thought that that was just a really interesting point because what Rosa Parks did, obviously credit to her for. Oh, um, yes. I'm not trying to be like, 
Claudette did it first. It's not a competition. It's literally human rights. Right. Uh, so all credit to her for refusing to move, especially because in Rosa Parks' case, she was sitting in a colored seat. Like there was some seats at the back of the bus for uh, black people. Mm-hmm. So she was in a colored seat. But mm. there was like, I guess, a lot of white people that wanted to sit on the bus that day. So they were like, you move out of the colored seat. Like she had to go stand, even though she was like in her section. But mm. She was like, no. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but yeah, it really drives home the point that these laws are like hard to change. And many people before parks um, were escorted in handcuffs off of their buses for refusing to move. Um, so Claudette was one of the first. And there was a couple uh, after her and before Rosa that just were fined. And then their stories went away. Yeah. So, yeah, Claudette Colvin. All right. She was uh, one of I... the first people to, uh, um, I guess, <laughs> refuse to move off the Montgomery bus line. Hmm. Yeah, I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I'm glad we were able to, to kind of shine a light on that one. Totally. Um, up next. Is absolutely nothing because it was at about this time that our mics decided to collectively uh, make us sound like we were in an echo chamber. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed listening to the Claudette Colvin story and we will have... um, the episode we just recorded for you, we will re-record uh, and put out on Thursday. So we hope that you like this double feature this week. Um, thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> so we are on episode 27 and we're still having technical difficulties. Uh, but thank you, uh, as always, for downloading, rating, reviewing, subscribing. And we will have uh, kind of like a part two, but definitely like just the other half of this show. Okay, bye!